to the Word of God. So grateful to have each and every one of you with us. Good to have uh, some of uh, Pauline's family members and Robert's family members here with us today. Good to have Sergeant uh, Keith Johnson visiting us from Italy. Italy. Amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go back there. 1 Corinthians 12. Give me time. I want to read this whole section here. 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 11. Okay? Okay, let's read that together. If you don't have the New King James Version, it's on the screen, and you'll be able to read along with us. Okay? Let's read together. Ready, read. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right. Now, I, again, verse seven says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. We read diversities of gifts, same Spirit, same Lord, same God. We're talking today on part two of this message series entitled The Divine Nine, The Divine Nine part two. Father, thank you today for your word. We receive your word with thanksgiving. We receive your word with meekness because it's able to save our very souls. And we receive your word, Lord, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in those who believe. We declare today, we believe your word. We receive your word, Father. We ask you to have your way in our hearts. Speak to us for your servants we hear and we intend to obey. And we, we intend to apply the word that we hear today, Lord. So have your way. Make it clear to us, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. All right, take your seats today. <clears throat> All right. So the divine nine, everybody say the divine nine. All right, so just let's do a quick review here. We, again, we were, uh, this past Wednesday we were off, we were here Tuesday night, and we preached a Thanksgiving message entitled, uh, what? Praising in the process. Praising in the process. And so, uh, so let's get back to this here now. So just a matter of review, uh, we saw how in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says we are all saved and we are called, right? So everybody say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Now this is if you're saved, you're not saved, don't lie. You say, so if you're saved, say, I'm saved, I'm saved. And, I'm called. and I'm called. And I'm not picking up people who are not saved, I just don't want you lying in church. <laughs> all right? <laughs> but you can get saved today. We had a, almost, nearly a couple dozen people got saved yesterday. Isn't that good? All right. So we're saved and we're called. So we're not just saved to be, you know, Christians and be born again people, but there's a calling that God puts in our lives. Then we went and talked about this scripture over in Romans 11, 29. The media is going, they're going to put it up there for us. I'm just in review. So they'll put these scriptures on the screen. Romans 11, 29 talks about how our gifts and calling are irrevocable or without repentance. So if you have, uh, if you are called, then there are also accompanying gifts that go along with your calling. You got it? Yes, 
Now let me just, just make sure I'm in the right crowd. How many of you are born again? Okay, if you're born again, good. That means you're saved, which we just read in 2 Timothy. That means you're also called to something. Nobody here is, nobody's in the body of Christ just to be a pew member, just to be a chair sitter. God, God does not need anybody warming his bench. He doesn't even have a bench. Everybody's supposed to be in the game. Got it? Everybody, not just a pastor or preacher. Every born again individual is supposed to be doing something for God. Okay? And so since we're also called, then there are gifts that go along with our calling. We all have one calling. The Bible says make your calling and election sure. So you have a calling on your life. And so then God gives gifts that go along with your calling. Now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, please. I'm moving quickly through this review here. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 and verse 11. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 verse 11 says here, as each one has received a gift. So everybody has received a gift. If you're saved, you're called. If you're called, you have a gift. It doesn't matter if you don't know it or not, it's still there for you. Okay? So as each one, including your neighbor next to you, has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the what? Manifold grace of God. The multifaceted, the multi- uh, 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 sided grace of God. Okay, verse 11, let's look at what this grace means. It says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. So there are speaking gifts. Then it says, if anyone ministers, that word minister means to serve, but we want to come out better, a little deeper on that, there are demonstration gifts. So I'm going to deal with today here, okay? So speaking gifts, demonstration gifts, active gifts. He says, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. So God supplies us with an ability to do the gift that, that we're called to do in our lives. You got it. And then he says that, that in all things God may be glorified to Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. All right. Now that word gift, <coughs> we've divided that for you. Uh, the word charisma. In the Greek, charisma, which we kind of shorten the definition now uh, to, to go to this just little part here, a divinely conferred power or talent, a divinely conferred power or talent. Thereby, any gift from God is a divine gift. It's a divine gift. We went over, go back, go over to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's jump right in that, 1 Corinthians 12. So we can get into this here, 1 Corinthians 12. Hallelujah. Talks about in verse one, verse one, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning y'all reading it. Spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. Okay, so these gifts come from God. They're divinely conferred. They're spiritual gifts. Then down in verse four, it talks about how they're they're the versions of gifts, but the same spirit. Uh, differences of ministries but the same Lord. Lord then it says diversities of activities but the, it is the same God. God so we see Lord we see spirit we see God we see divinely conferred we see spiritual gifts which means that all these gifts are divine and so I'm teaching on the divine nine now again all you uh, college educated folk uh, who have been through college and you join your fraternity or your sorority. I'm not here to pick on you. I'm here to pick you out and get you out of that foolishness and out of that demonic nine into the divine nine. 
People, everybody talking about they frat brothers and sorors and all that kind of stuff. They got all caught up in and went through all these pledges to false gods and got to be beaten and got to be embarrassed and all that kind of stupidity. Got secret handshakes and secret dances and secret kisses and dance around somebody, you know, at somebody's wedding and dance at somebody's funeral and all that kind of rituals, all that kind of foolishness that people do. It's all demonically inspired. Masons included. I'm just going to jump in it because because all of those are all offshoots of the Masons. They're they're feeders into the Masons. Okay, they're feeders into the Masons. So I just want to make sure I, I go and hit that and you can go and tell your uncle I don't care because I'm not really scared of your uncle. Okay, so the Masons are demonic and everything they place under them is demonic, including Eastern stars. So tell your mama and your grandma that too. That's all that. Okay. I'm just going, I'm going to put it out there so you, if you want to leave, you can go and leave. If you want to leave, you can leave. But it's, the truth is still going to be the truth whether you hear it here or you're down the street somewhere. Okay, because see, God doesn't get in that. God, God is not the one who keeps these secrets. He reveals secrets to men. He's made his, his group open to everybody. Whosoever will, let him come. You don't have to be beaten for him. He was beaten for you. Glory to God. Jesus Christ already got branded. He already got all that stuff. He was already whipped and beaten and scourged and had his beard plucked out for us. So we don't have to go through that kind of stuff. If you find yourself involved in that kind of stuff, you're in something dark and demonic. Okay? Dog and God and all that kind of stuff. How you disgrace God's name by calling somebody, somebody dog? I'm talking to all y'all masons out there. All right, so... Divine nine, divine nine, divine nine, divine nine. Everybody say divine nine. So according to 1 Corinthians 12, there are some divine gifts and it lists nine specific gifts that are not only available, but they are bestowed on the body of Christ. Not just out there, they are for us to have, for us to have and to use. You got it? Okay, now I want to go back into this here because it's very important because all of us, if we're born again, we're also called. So we're saved and we're called. And if we, if we have a calling, then we also have gifts. Well, pastor, I don't understand. I've been operating in my gifts. Well, the entryway into spiritual operation is something called speaking in tongues. And you can understand why the devil has fought the body of Christ so hard and for so long against speaking in tongues because he knows that if you get over in a tongue talking, you're going to move into a divine realm and you'll start operating in these gifts, which the Bible said offer the profit of all. And the devil does not want the body or anybody to profit from the gifts of God. Because if you profit from the gifts of God, then you give God all the glory. The devil gets no glory. He gets no attention. He gets no credit. And the devil doesn't want that. So he keeps the body of Christ out of tongues. Don't talk in tongues. Tongues is already passed away. Tongues is for the, for the old church. Tongues is foolishness. People say even the body of Christ now, tongues is of the devil. Well, how stupid is that? When Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. So you understand these silly, the false doctrines, these silly arguments the devil's bringing 
into the body of Christ and it's meant to keep the body of Christ impotent. I'm going to just tell you, it's meant to keep the body of Christ shooting blanks. Let me just tell it, call it like it is. Body of Christ shooting blanks. You shooting, but ain't nothing happening. Sending up timber, but ain't nothing happening. Praying, but ain't nothing happening. Singing, ain't nothing. Preaching, but ain't nothing happening. How do I know? Because Paul said, when I come to you, I don't preach to you in word only, but I come to you in demonstration of the spirit and power. See, Paul said, I ain't shooting blanks. When I come to you, God's going to back my word up with something being demonstrated in your life. And preaching has become ineffective. Because there's no power behind it. Shooting blanks because preachers, well, we don't, I don't pray in no tongues. I, I, I just, I open the book and I just read the Bible and I, I can, I can, you know, hermeneutically, you know, homiletically, you know, exegete the text. You can go to school four and five, eight years and get your, your, your doctorate in theology and you know how to break down the scriptures, but have no power. You can get somebody come out off the street praying and speaking in tongues and can read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and power will go out of that because they have spent time with the Holy Ghost. See, so God means for there to be power. And so the entryway, just like I've taught you this and y'all know this already, that when you smoking weed, weed is the entry, entryway drug into all kind of stuff. Before you know it, you're doing stuff. I ain't never, I just started, I smoking weed. I, I get all over here and I'm now I'm doing meth. Go from black lips to black teeth. Because <laughs> you know it all tells on you, right? It all tells on you. You know it all tells on you, right? You trying to hide it, but it all tells on you. So just like the marijuana is an entryway drug, and you'll be over in that, praying in tongues is the entryway into the spiritual gifts. Hallelujah, sir. Hallelujah. I pray in tongues, Paul said, more than you all. Should I stop? No. Y'all sure? Okay. <laughs> so when we read 1 Corinthians 12, let me just ask you Bible scholars, who wrote 1 Corinthians 12? Paul. He's the one who teaches, he has the revelation on spiritual gifts. In fact, all the other gifts, there are ministry gifts that are in, that he mentions. There are also the gifts of, of the, uh, the, the, the gifts to the body, such as apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He teaches all these things. Well, how did he get all that information? He did, he did not walk with Jesus. He never one day in his life walked with Jesus. How did he get the revelation of 1 Corinthians 11 about, about communion? He never sat with Jesus one day in communion. He was never there. How did he get his revelation? Because 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 14 verse 18, he says, I prayed in tongues more than you all. So when you speak in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men, but you're speaking to God. How be it in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. So when you're praying mysteries, what comes back when you pray mysteries? Revelation. So he gets a revelation of communion. He gets a revelation of marriage. An unmarried man gets a revelation about marriage. 
about how marriages ought to operate. How does he do that? He's praying in the Holy Ghost, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right, so I got to pray in tongues more. Everybody say, I got to pray in tongues more. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Let's give you one more thing here uh, about this issue. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So there's something called spiritual discernment. And all these gifts are spiritual, which means you have to discern or, or tap into them by the Spirit. Your natural man, your flesh man cannot receive these things. So when we talk about word of knowledge and word of wisdom, all that kind of stuff, it's not natural stuff you have. It's things that come from God. So to get that, you've got to step over into the spiritual realm. And you do that by praying in tongues. Amen. How many tongue talkers do I have in here? All right, good. The rest of you, you can, you can fix that today too. Glory to God. Luke 11, I think is... 13 or somewhere around there talks about uh, whoever asks. If you ask him for the spirit, he'll give him to you. All right. Okay. Now, so last Sunday, I started into this on, on part one on the revelation gifts. Everybody say revelation gifts. Revelation gifts. Those are gifts that, that are whereby God is revealing something, something unknown. It's a mystery to you. You know, nothing's a mystery to God. No. So even things that are, that are mystery to us, God already knows. Right? Uh, Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call to me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. He's going to show you what you don't know, which means he knows them. Okay? So mysteries to us are revelation. It's, it's, it's common knowledge to God. So, but for us, he has to reveal these things to us. So I talked about uh, these gifts, the revelation gifts. There are three of them, and we dealt with two of them last Sunday. Uh, one, the word of wisdom. Number two, the word of knowledge. And we didn't deal with the third one, which was discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Now, remember the definition I gave you of the word of wisdom? They'll put it on the screen for us, please. The word of wisdom is, read it with me, ready, go. The word of wisdom is? All right. So that's what the word of wisdom is. This, that's the definition the Lord gave me. All right. It's divinely given instruction that results in healing, increase or deliverance from trouble. How many of y'all could use healing, increase or deliverance from trouble? All right. Good. Well, guess how God gets that to you? The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Well, no, I just read the Bible. I understand you can read the Bible, but it, read the Bible is like reading a math book. Or reading a science book. If, you're, if you don't know how to apply what you learned, then it doesn't profit you. It's good for get foundation, get the knowledge in you. You need, you need everything the Bible says. But you got to know, okay, now what do I do? So word of, word of wisdom is divinely given instruction that results in healing, increase or deliverance from trouble. Got it? Now, those of you, if you don't, didn't have that, again, you can watch this video later on today, and you can just write that down later on, all right? Yes, sir. Uh, let me, let's look at an example of that real quick, okay? Is he still reviewing? Yes. Okay, John 9, verse 6 and 7. John 9, verse 6 and 7. Because I want to make sure I get this in you. 
So I can just, just read all nine of these gifts and we can keep on going, but you don't profit anything from that. I want to make sure you know what we're talking about here because you're meant to operate in these gifts. There are some of you sitting right up in here, you have the word of wisdom. Man, I didn't get any excitement. Some of you in here right now have the word of wisdom. You have that gift called the word of wisdom. You've just not known how to operate in it. You've had God speak to you with specific instructions for somebody. And you doubted and all that stuff and so forth. And the person walked away not get, not having the answer that they needed. Okay? John 9 verse 6 and 7 says, when he had said, this is Jesus, sorry, there's a man came and he's born blind. He says, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground, this is Jesus, and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. So first thing we see in this man's uh, healing is something called, we could, we could also go on, called the working of miracles. This wasn't Jesus that simply just laid hands on him and he was healed. No, Jesus, the Bible says, spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. This, he's working. That's what working, we'll deal with that next week. He's working something. Okay? But that didn't complete the healing. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. And he said to him, now here comes an instruction. He said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So I want you to see here that this word of instruction, this message of instruction brought about healing for this man's eyes. He couldn't see before, but with this word of wisdom, he comes back seeing. You got it? Okay, number two, we dealt with last week, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. And let's go to the definition of the word of knowledge here. Read, read it with me, ready, read. The word of knowledge is divinely given information that reveals the will or plan of God, the plot of the enemy, or the contents of one's heart. How many of you know that God has a plan? That there are things that God is doing? Um, Amos 3 and verse 7. Amos 3 and verse 7. Get on the screen for me, please. Sure, the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Well, when he, when he reveals the secrets, he's giving them a word of knowledge. He's telling, them some, he's telling them his plan, his will, what's about to happen. And the Bible says he doesn't do anything except he does that. Man, I wish y'all excited about that. He doesn't do anything in the earth at all except he reveals it to his prophets. Well, y'all, somebody else, well, I'm not a prophet. What do you mean you're not a prophet? Come on. If you're a member of this church, you're part of this family, you're sitting under a prophet. Which means you become a prophetic person at the very least. Or you should be. If you're not, you're not really connected properly. And the church said amen. You should be an apostolic person. You should be a prophetic person. You should be a pastoral person. You should be a teaching person if you're properly connected in this house. Now, I'm not an evangelist. I don't claim that, that part of it. So I ain't, you know, praise the Lord. But the other four, you ought to be walking, exemplifying some of that. <laughs> Y'all are struggling this morning. 
but I just want you to see what it says. So we're talking about word of knowledge here. So go back here. All right, let me show you some, another place of that in scripture. Second Kings chapter six, real quick. Second Kings chapter six. Are you getting this down in your spirit here? Second Kings chapter six and verse eight. All right. Here we have something that's about to happen. The king of, uh, of, of Syria is planning. Remember we talked about the plot of the enemy. He's planning something against uh, Israel, but God's got a man there named Elisha who's walking in the spirit. Watch this. So now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. He's telling them, you know, where his camp is going to be. All right. Now this is a war camp. It's not like a, you know, recreation camp, summer camp. This is a war camp. Verse nine. And the man of God who's not in that meeting sent to the king of Israel saying beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there how does he know that come on y'all what's the word of knowledge ladies and gentlemen God has revealed something to him it's not God's plan but God's revealing to him the plot of the enemy he's revealing something that is in someone else's heart Got it? Keep going, please. Verse 10. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him. And he was watchful there, not just once or twice. That means that the, that the king of, of Syria kept planning this same thing. Well, we're going to be here this time. Well, we're going to be here this time. And we're going to be here this time. And every time he planned that and said that, uh, Elisha, it was revealed to him by the word of knowledge. And he'd tell the king, hey, don't go there because he's going to be there. And so over and over and over again, this is happening. So the king of, of, of Syria is like, hold up. I got to find out who's the mole in my administration. Who's the Benedict Arnold in my camp? Watch verse 11. Verse 11. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Who's telling all my business? How come my plot is not working? All right. Verse 12, please. And one of his servants said, hey, my king, don't kill us now. Hey, it's none, my lord, O king, but Elisha. The prophet who is in, he, he is in Israel. He's in another country. He tells the king of Israel the words you speaking in your bedroom. You can't even keep secrets to your wife. And this man telling you what's going on. Your little pillow talk at night. Woo, 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 woo. Woo, woo, woo. He said, he's telling the words you speaking in your bedroom. Let alone what you're speaking in the boardroom. He's telling what you're speaking in your bedroom. How does, the, does this man in Israel know what the king in Syria is saying in his bedroom or in his boardroom? It's because there's a word of knowledge coming to him. Got it? And he, he's still doing it. See, he's still doing it. Some of you, when you're in business, you need to know who you're going in business with. They may look, oh man, I wish I had that with this window company because I, I, I ain't, I ain't thinking about that with the window company. Lord, I'm mercy. I would have, <laughs> I, I missed that one, Lord, never again. Never again. But see, see, this is available to us to know. Okay? Now, remember I gave you there was three of these gifts in this, in this category. The word of wisdom, the word of, that's where we're on now, and the other one was 
discerning of spirits. Now, I didn't teach on that because we didn't hit that verse yet. But let me just give you a quick example of discerning of spirits. Okay. okay? Uh, go back to this, this verse here. We just left off here in, in uh, 2 Kings, please. Uh, where were we? We were in yeah, 6, verse 12. Verse 12. 2 Kings 6. Verse 12. All right. Nobody's telling him, but this is man going. He knows what you're saying. Now watch verse 13. Watch this. So he said, this is the king of Syria. Go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he's in Dothan, not Alabama. <laughs> this Dothan over in Israel. This is the original Dothan. Some of the Alabama fans in here. They... <clears throat> All right. Verse 14. Therefore, he, this is the king, sent. Horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city of Dothan. Okay? Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God, this, is, this man's name is Gehazi. He is Elisha's servant, Gehazi. He arose early and went out. And there, he says, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant, Gehazi, says to Elisha, Alas, my master, hey, what are we going to do? We're in trouble. Because he sees with his natural eyes this army surrounding the whole city. Everybody say discerning of spirits. Now watch verse 16. So he, Elisha, answered, do not fear, Gehazi, for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. How does Elisha know that? What is happening where Elisha knows that? Look at verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open Gehazi's eyes that he may see. Now Gehazi's eyes, natural eyes, were already open. That's how he saw this army all around him. But he wasn't seeing in the spirit. Elisha was seeing in the spiritual realm. So he said, Lord, open his spiritual eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. What did he see? And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What we have here is one example, one, one type of the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits, one type of discerning is to be the ability to see or hear in the supernatural realm, in the spiritual realm. Um, you saw the same thing happen over in the book of Acts chapter 7 when Stephen... Uh, the, the, the martyr, he, he, he was being stoned and they were throwing these stones at him and the Bible says he looked steadfastly up into heaven and he saw, he saw only one out of the whole group that saw this by himself. He saw the heavens open and he saw Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. He saw in another realm. Discerning of spirits, you see and hear something that's going on that you, that you can't see or pick up in the natural. I remember one, one of the biggest incidents we've, that's happened for this church one time uh, uh, corporately. It happened one time corporately where uh, there was a young lady here uh, and she, was, she needed some prayer, some specialized prayer. And uh, Pastor Kim and Sister Angie, I remember that, Prophetess Angie, they, they took her back and way back, y'all in the back hall, right? In the back hall, they're going to kind of give us some special prayer attention. And they're praying, and they're, they're praying and they're just praying, you know, but they're not praying loud. I don't, it wasn't, and they weren't like, you know, Overtly just They were just praying over her and just you know whatever But out here In the sanctuary We heard a rumbling 
it sounded like people were fighting. It sounded like there was a mob. It sounded like something was going on so bad. I asked Deacon Gershman, I said, hey man, go check on my wife. <laughs> Did I not? Yes, I'm in the middle of service. I said, hey, go, go check on, you know, Andrew, you're gonna be all right. Go check on my wife. <laughs> you know, I figured he'd check on both of them, but you know, that's my heart right there. <laughs> Settle my soul to, hey, go check on my wife. Because, you know, if the girl need a special prayer, you know, there's some special stuff going on. In other words, there's some, some spiritual warfare that was happening. Now, when he went back to check on them, they were like, everything's cool. What do you mean that everything's cool? But out here, y'all here, some of y'all here, we heard it, we're like, it sound like, man, it sound like there's, they are, like it's a, it's a, fam, you marching, want 400 is, is, High stepping all over the place. I mean, like Alabama, Auburn playing, like they Florida, Florida State, like they rumbling back there, man. But it wasn't. It was a corporate experience of the discerning of spirits. So I don't care what your little friends say in other churches. We know it's real. And once you have experience, you're never at the mercy of somebody with simply an argument. See, people to say today, that stuff ain't real. Use a lie. It's real. It's real. All right, you got it? Okay, now let's move on. The little time we have left here. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, there's another group of gifts we call the power gifts. Or i like you to also write down the word demonstration. Gifts, power or demonstration. The first group is revelation. This next group is demonstration, what we call power gifts. They are listed as faith. Then we have the gifts of healing. Now in your, in your new King James, it'll say gifts, plural, of healings, plural. King James will say gifts, plural, of healing, singular. Then down there a few verses later, it'll, it'll, King James will switch to a double plural, but then it goes right back to a plural and singular. So I don't want you to get out of shape whether it's healing or healings. Just know it's gifts. That's the main thing, gifts. Because all the translations agree on gifts. In other words, there are different ways that it's manifested. But healing is healing is healing is healing is healing. You got it? So faith is a demonstration gift or power gift. gift. Gifts of healing or healings is a power demonstration gift. Then there's another one called the working of miracles, which is a power or a demonstration gift. You got it? So let's deal with faith here because when you look in your Bible, all right, we were in 1 Corinthians 12, right? I'm only going to deal with one verse, so don't worry about your, your little clock. Okay, we already dealt with verse, verse 8, to one is given the word of wisdom through the, through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Ver, verse 9 says, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. All right, so let's deal with faith here. Everybody say faith. All right, now, so we're, talk, we're talking about here a spiritual gift, a gift of faith. So then to the common person, if you're like me, you want to know, well, what makes this, this faith, because when you look this word faith up in the Greek, if you have your little concordance, you look it up and it's the Greek word pistis. 
P-I-S-T-I-S. Which is the exact same word when you read the just shall live by pistis. Or we walk by pistis, faith, and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing. Pistis comes by hearing. So it's, it's, it's you know, what's different then about this faith as opposed to the regular faith we live by? Okay? Because we're talking about now a gift. <laughs> so this is not the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3 says he's given to all of us a measure or the measure of faith. So everybody in here, if you're born again, you have faith. Yeah, come on. You got it? You have faith. And don't go around and tell them, I just don't have any faith. Yes, you do. Don't make God a liar. You have faith. Okay? I don't have a lot of faith. Well, that's your fault, but you have faith. Because you can build your faith. Romans 10, 17 is the same piss word. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or we can re really say it this way. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So the word of God awakens your hearing and that hearing awakens your faith. So the more you hear, the more faith you have. The more you hear, the more faith you, you can grow. Right? But that still isn't this gift. Of faith okay this is beyond what you and I walk by the Bible says in uh, 2nd Corinthians uh, 5 verse 7 for we walk by faith and not by sight but that's not this every believer is called to walk by faith four times the Bible says the just shall live by his faith or live by faith four times but this is not that faith this is the gift a spiritual gift of faith. It's one of the divine nine. The other faith, God gives you a measure of faith, but you can build faith all day long. Matter of fact, if you're sitting here, if you're actually listening to me, you're building your faith. Your faith is being built up right now as you're listening to me. Okay? Whether you even know it or not. That's like when you take vitamins or eat collard greens. You're, 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 being, you're, you're being built up. Y'all, your collard greens from Thursday, you can throw them away now. But let them go. Okay? Let them go. Pass a three-day window. Okay? So I want you to, let's, let's see this verse. Media, help me with this, please. That same verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9, we see it uh, to another faith by the same spirit. Let's see that same verse in the Living Bible, please. In the Living Bible. Okay? The Living Bible. Notice it says, he gives special faith to another. Everybody say special faith. All right, so you want to record that somewhere. Special faith. This is not ordinary faith. This is special faith. Let's go a little deeper on that. Give me the CEV, the contemporary English version of this same verse here. To others, the Spirit has given great faith. Oh, wait a minute. Now, we, we all have a measure of faith. Now, and we know we can grow our faith to become great faith. But here it says, he can give you. Are y'all hearing this? This is, a, this is a spiritual gift here that's available to a, a new believer who just got born again this morning. Just got filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. He can give you great faith. What other people call, oh, they got, they got crazy faith. It's not really crazy faith. It's just great faith. 
that either they have built or this special endowment that God has given and released into their lives. Y'all with me so far? Okay, now I want you to see this next one here. Let's switch over to the Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible. Watch this. This is really good here. To another, this is the, the biggest definition I want you to see here. To another, wonder working. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. All right, so there is also a wonder working faith to access that wonder working power. So that's what we're talking about here is a wonder working faith. A faith that enables God to work wonders on your behalf. Some of y'all used to watch Wonder Woman? Yeah. I did. Uh, not because I was a sissy, but because she was kind of fine. <laughs> what was her name? Lindsay Wagner? Was that her? No, that, that was. No, it was a. Linda. Not Linda Evans either. Who? Linda Carter. Thank you. I knew it was Linda something. You know, hey, when you you a little kid, I mean, your third grade teacher, fine. You know, you don't know, you don't know no better, right? Right? Oh, that's that's for real. My third grade Miss Miss Thorner, my science teacher. Wow, wow, love science. <laughs> Okay, so everybody say wonder-working faith. So there's a faith that is beyond your natural everyday faith. We are called every day to live that God can, will release a special endowment upon you to stand in a situation. I'm going to show you this here in the scripture here. Now, give, give me, let's do, let's do one, more, one more translation, please. One more translation, and this will help us to really see this. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 in the God's Word translation. We're going to see a word I want you to see here. God's word translation. Glory to God. As one, I think I sent you. I think I sent you that one. Because I know we don't have that in our system. It's hopefully y'all copy this down. If not, I'm going to read it because I wrote it down. I'm, I'm smart like that. <laughs> Sometimes technology doesn't work. I don't depend on technology. I don't, I don't rely on Apple and Samsung and all them people. They, they can let you down. So, okay, let me just let's, let's listen to this. Let me read it to you what it says here. The God's words translation, it says, to another person, the same spirit gives courageous faith. Courageous faith. That's what you want to write down here. Courageous faith. Special, great, wonder-working, courageous faith. Now, this is not just you and I, you and me walking every day with God and, you know, you walk into the store and the bread went up by 30 cents. and You're like, I'm going to steal by that bread. I walk by faith. This is not that. This is when you face a trial. This is when you are put to the real test. And some people will just simply crack up and lose it. But God will release something on your life. And there are people who walk with this every day who will stand. Now remember, even if you don't have the gift, God can still in a moment impart this to you for, for that situation. Has anybody ever faced something that's used like, oh man, this is, 
is way beyond me. I mean, a danger. Imminent danger. <laughs> I remember the last time I was, I was flying um, this summer back from, uh, I, I was flying from Portland, Portland, Oregon, and um, uh, we encountered some turbulence. Now, I've been flying, I told y'all, for, for a few years now, ever since I got married in 2000, uh, my wife took me on my first flight in 2000, and she went to sleep on me, and I stayed awake and prayed the whole time, and because uh, I, was, I was scared, I ain't gonna lie. But, you know, over time is I've been flying all around the country. I've, fly, I've flown to Africa. I've flown to the Marshall Islands out there. I mean, I spent, you know, one, one leg of that trip was like 14 hours on one leg, you know. So I, I, I'm used to flying now. And in all that time, I can safely say I've never experienced like turbulence. And I was like, you know, this, this is, I don't know what everybody else is freaking out about. This is nice. This is cool. And, um, but here I am riding back this time, boy, and, and uh, turbulence hit. And the plane you know, I've hit like little turbulence, which kind of like does this a little bit, you know. This time it didn't do that, it did this. I said, oh God. <laughs> so, oh. Now that's 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 different. That's that's different. And uh, but immediately this courageous faith came to me. Situational. I don't profess to walk around with this gift. But it came on me at that moment. See, because the manifestation can come on you at any time. For situation. And I knew how to know in the name of Jesus, angels grab this, this airplane and put it right back right where it belongs and get us safely to where we're supposed to go. And people around me are freaking out. Boy, you know they was pouring some liquor in, boy. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I, I, was, I was sitting in first class and they, they you know, they, they got them little nice little bottles and everything. Boy, they, they put it away. Boy, they freaking out. I ain't need no bottle. I had Jesus. I had courageous faith. You understand? All right. So this, this, this. <laughs> All right. So let's look at a scripture here. Oh, man. Uh, give me Acts 12, verse 4 through 7. I'm gonna show you this. Extraordinary, courageous, special, great, wonder-working faith. Acts 12, verse 4. Now, here's the situation. If you read early in the verses, the first three verses, we're not, not going to read it for the sake of time. Uh, Herod had killed James, one of the apostles, okay? And he was like, hey, this is, the people loved it. They were like, yeah, you killed that, that preacher. And the people were happy about it. So he's like, oh, y'all like that? Okay. Well, I'm going to kill the rest of these guys. So he went and got Peter. And he, or they arrest Peter. And they're going to kill, when they arrest him, they're going to kill him the next morning. And Peter knows it. Because they're already mourning James being killed. Peter knows this next morning, I, I got less than 24 hours to live. So watch this. So, so when he had arrested him, this him is Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers. That's 16 soldiers to keep him. Intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So he put 16 soldiers to make sure he can't get away. I mean, this guy kind of scared of Peter, though, at the same time. 16? Verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I bet you they praying in tongues. I bet you, bet you my last dollar they praying in tongues. Verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter 
was sleeping. Now I want you to put yourself in that situation. You co- they come arrest you. You can't, you can't, you can't get bond. There ain't no, ain't no bond to be had. You're, you, you, they arrest you and that night you're on death row. You know you will, you ready to walk the, the green mile. This is, this is my last one. Get my last little meal. This is it, Rashi. Ain't, there ain't nothing left for me, man. They gonna, they gonna kill me the next morning. And they come in and talk to Peter and he sleep. Now you know good and well. Man, you be. Oh God. Where Deacon Robert, man? Get, get Deacon, Deacon, Deacon Gershom. Can y'all get me out of this thing, man? Call my mama. Oh, my mama. You know, people, they go to jail. They be all hard and thugs out here on the street. The moment they go to jail, they turn into a little baby. Oh, my mama. Hey, mom, I can't believe. Now, you've been thugging out on the street all this time. That's why y'all should don't be impressed by these little thugs on the street. Because as soon as they get locked up, they turn into, Am I right about it? But Peter didn't, that didn't happen to him. This courageous faith came on him to the point he's sleeping, bowing two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse seven, watch this. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Remember the church is praying for him. An angel comes and stands by him, and a light shined in the prison. I shone, shine in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. Wow. Now, wait a minute. An angel is standing. This joker is so asleep. An angel that is slept. Angel is an angel standing by him, and a light shines in the prison. He's still knocked out. What's happened? He's sleeping by courageous faith. Because he has simply zero fear in the midst or in the face of death. This is not your ordinary faith. This is such a, such a faith comes on you that no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to be all right. That's far out there, man. That's far out there. And everybody doesn't just have that. Now, you can build yourself to the point. Now, I'm not, this isn't, this is, you know, I imagine guy like, you know, I look at Deacon Gershom, Deacon Robert, and, you know, Deacon Mack, these guys. I look up to these guys. They like, you know, courageous. And, you know, Brother Jeff, they, you know, they hard, you know. <laughs> Somebody came in, you know, they going, y'all better give, it, give up all your money. These guys are going to be like, what, what, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be hiding behind Jasmine, you know. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But these guys, they're going to they be like, what, what, what? Come on, what? This ain't that. This ain't that. This is, this is the gun at, at your head. And you said, and you saying, pull it. Pull it. The gift of faith. <laughs> Can I keep going? Acts 16, 23. Acts 16, 23. Same book. Go over a few more chapters. Acts 16, 23. Woo-wee. 
This is a guy named Paul, Apostle Paul, praying in tongues more than you all, Paul. <laughs> That's his new nickname, praying in tongues more than y'all, Paul. <laughs> it says that when they had laid, this is Paul and Silas, they've just um, cured this demon girl who's been blasting them, you know, with, with demonic revelation, and they deal with that. So because of that, they get put into prison, and you know, they're going to kill them. They've been wanting to kill Paul a long time. Verse 23, and when they had, uh, thank you, and when they had laid many stripes on them, Paul and Silas, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Okay, verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. They, they put them so deep down, they put them under the prison. Lock the feet down, y'all ain't going nowhere. Verse 20, 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, how are they doing this? Because something has come on them that even in the face of the deepest, darkest dungeon, even in the face of certain death the next day, they're still praying in tongues and praising God. Can you praise God when you face the, the worst challenge of your life. Now, everyday faith will help you get there, but God can put something on you in an instant that when people look at you, they're like, whoa, golly, how you handle that? How you are you dealing with that the way you are? It's not me, it's not me. It's God has put something on me in this hour to get me through this. So because of this, now remember this is wonder working faith. Now remember, we courageous, wonder-working. Courageous, wonder-working. Remember in Peter's case, he was courageous, and then what happened? God worked a wonder. Now, when you see this faith, he doesn't work, work the wonder through you, he does it for you. Okay, so with Peter, the angel came, light shined, he smote him on, on his side, got him upset, he walked on out the city, the Bible says they got to the gates of the city, and the gates opened by themselves. That's wonder-working faith. Now, what happens here? They're praying and praising God and singing. It's a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. So God worked that wonder for Paul and Silas because they, 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 they walked in this courageous faith. Paul, you see that over and over and over again for him. Over and over and over again in his life, he walked in this great, courageous, wonder-working faith. Can I give you one more? I'm going to go to Deke Robert's favorite, Daniel chapter 3. Daniel 3. This is the last one on this one right here. Watch this. Daniel 3 verse 15. You ever heard of these guys called the Hebrew boys? The three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Verse 15. Verse 15. So here, the king Nebuchadnezzar has put out a decree. He's built this statue for them and said, hey, you guys, uh, when you hear the music, bow down to my statue, worship me. And these guys who are servants of God said, we ain't doing that. And now they know the threat is there of a fiery furnace. 
He got hot. Nebuchadnezzar got hot. Said, turn the furnace on. Put the fire on. Turn it up seven times hotter than it's ever been. Because if you don't bet on me, y'all going to get thrown into this fire. Now, they are facing a certain death if they don't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image. But watch this gift of faith. Even in the Old Testament. Now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He talking big stuff. I ain't no God on this planet who can deliver you from my fiery furnace, boys. So you're best to bow down. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to even answer you in this matter. <laughs> now, they see that, they see that furnace. Shantae, they see, they see that furnace. Do what you do, turn the thing up. You can turn it up eight times, turn it up nine times, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Turn it up, turn it up. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going to bow down. We ain't got to worry about nothing. Turn it up. Come on, Cletus, turn it up. Say, we ain't got to worry about answering you in this matter here. Oh, you know this. I mean, he was selling out, they were selling out. He like y'all came, they like you came. Verse 17, if they said, watch what they said, if that is the case, our God whom he, we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. In other words, they said, if you throw us in, he is able to deliver us. And he will. Good God Almighty. This is courageous faith in the midst of of a circumstance in the face of a challenge in the face of certain death they said turn it up come on the God we serve is able and he will a lot of preachers leave that out and he will that's faith and he will this is not your everyday faith here this is not your everyday faith and just I read my three scriptures today and you know I'm good this is not that this is this is a an uncommon great Courageous faith, wonder-working faith. He says, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18. They said, but if not, but if not what? But if you don't throw us in. See, I got to straighten all the preachers who've been preaching this wrong. Preachers preach this that they saying, but if he doesn't deliver us. That's not what they said. They, are, they already said he can and he will. They already said he is able and he will. So they're not going to now backtrack on he is able and he will. So when they say, but if not, they're saying, but if it's not your, if you don't throw us in there. Let it be known to you, we still ain't going to serve your gods. So even if you have a change of heart, you get soft with us, we still ain't going to change like, oh, well, he was nice. Okay, we'll bow down a couple of times. No, we, not, we still ain't going to serve him. So whatever you're going to do, just bring it. This is the gift of faith and operation on a corporate level. Three guys at the same time walking in this kind of faith. 
That's the same kind of faith that we demonstrated last year when they said Hurricane Irma is about to hit St. Petersburg and blow St. Petersburg off the map. We stood as a corporate body with a great courageous faith and said, no, it will not destroy our city. It will not destroy our homes. It will not destroy our church. We ain't going nowhere. And we spoke to that wind and commanded Irma, go around. Don't go. Don't come here. You go away from here. And what did it do? It went right on around. Irma said, I, 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 can't, I can't mess with St. Pete. I got it. Everybody ran and the hurricane followed them. Where y'all going? Where y'all going? Where y'all going? Where y'all going? And we stood and we had church that Sunday morning. See, what happened? The, the gift of faith. It, this, this, wasn't, this wasn't Pastor saying, well, you know, I'm just going to see what kind of power I got. <laughs> no, this is, this is, all right, God, what, what, what should we do? Because I'm, I'm not going to put my family at risk either. I ain't crazy. But I know God. When he said, no, I want you to stand. Okay, we're going to stand. We ain't packing up nothing. We're going to stand right here. And like we always say, people will thank us in heaven. So they said, let it do it. So verse, verse 19, verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fear and expression of his face changed toward them these, because these guys were his friends. He spoke in a manner that they heat the furnace seven times more than it usually, it was usually heated. Verse 20, keep going. He commanded certain men of, his, of the valley of his, I don't want time to read all that. Hey, let me just tell you what happened. <laughs> Turn it up so hot, they got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, gathered them up, tied them up, threw them into the fiery furnace, but what's working now? Wonder-working faith. Threw them into the fire, and the Bible says the fire was so hot that the men who threw them in were burnt by the heat. They didn't go in the fire, but the, the heat of the fire killed them outside. It's in your Bible, you keep reading these, those same verses here. But then go down to about, about verse 25 or somewhere. Give me verse 25, I'm just guessing that now. There it is, 25, that's what I wanted. So Nebuchadnezzar looks in there, he says, look. He answered, I see four men loose. Didn't we throw in three men? Yeah. I see four men loose, walking in the midst, loose, walking. In the midst of a seven times hotter fire. And the form of the fourth, he, that, the fourth guy looked like the son of God. Now all of a sudden, he got a discerning of spirits. I mean, the Lord opened his eyes. Hey, it's me. Isn't that what happened? Because they, they've never seen the son of God. They don't know what the son of God looks like. These are heathens. But the Lord opened his eyes. Hey, you know you was trying my boys, right? Now he shows up in the fire with them. Wonder working faith. Because these men had courageous wonder working faith. And so not only did the fire not burn them, it, it burnt, now it burnt the, the rope off of them. Now the rope is, they're tied with the rope. It burnt the rope off of them, but then burned their clothes. The Bible says their clothes weren't burned, their hair didn't even smell like smoke. How does that happen? Because courageous, wonder-working faith is active, and it's when it worked the wonder, it took the fire out of the fire. That's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's the same thing happened. I ain't gonna get to the other one today. It's the same thing that happened when Daniel, they decreed, you know, the guys, they hate Daniel because Daniel keeps getting promoted. They said, hey, I got a plan. What we gonna do with Daniel is, we gonna make the king who like, because the king liked Daniel, but we gonna make him sign a decree, say anybody who prays or, or makes a request to any other God but you, uh, put him in the lion's den and let the lions eat him up. So Daniel's in that meeting. Daniel's in the meeting with him. And Daniel hears that and he says, oh, oh, that's what's up. Okay. And the Bible says he went back to his house, opened his window. He's not going to pray in a secret closet. He opened his window and began to belt out, Father God, in the name of God. Yes, he don't know about Jesus yet. Father God, in the name of yourself, I thank you that you are the God of all heaven and the God of all earth. And I thank you, God, that you are with me at all times. This courageous faith. He's praying out louder. And he said, Bob, he prayed three times a day as he usually did. He gonna make sure. Y'all didn't hear me this morning. I'm gonna pray this afternoon. Y'all didn't hear me this afternoon. I'm gonna pray this evening. I'm gonna make sure y'all hear me praying. Because you ain't gonna stop my prayer. I have courageous faith. So much so when this thing came on, they, they went and got him. They went and got him. And they threw him into this lion's den. They threw him into the lion's den. But remember, this is courageous, wonder-working faith. What happened? They throw him into a den of hungry lions. And the Bible says that ne the next day Darius comes and looks and says, hey, are you all right? Daniel, are you all right? And Daniel says, hey, how you doing, chief? I'm good. What's happening? You all right? I'm all right. You all right? Well, what happened? The God I serve. Shut the mouths of the lions. And instead of them being my prey, my predators, he made them my pillows and I slept all night like a baby. So through this special faith, you'll sleep on what was meant to destroy you. You'll tread on what was meant to destroy you. But you have to get there through your prayer life. It's through your prayer life. It's through staying prayed up. The church is dumbed down prayer. The church is not, is not attuned to prayer. It's easy to get people to a, to a, a musical, but call a prayer meeting and you know it's just, it's just you got time for a prayer meeting. But you're musical, boy, everybody come to a musical. They're good singing. But prayer, boy, mighty sons of Zion. No, no knock against them. They're wonderful. But you know, that's great. That's, you need some prayer. You need some prayer. First. Remember I was telling my spiritual dad one day, this was last year around the same time, matter of fact, uh, the same weekend, I was telling him I was getting ready to go, in, go into my room and I said I was going to read the word and pray. And he said, he said no, pray and read the word. I understood what he was saying. Because sometimes you can get into, into reading the word and, and make reading the word more important than the prayer, and it's not. Prayer is more important than reading the word. Because once you pray, now what you read is opened up. <laughs> now you got some revelation coming from that word of God. You got it? Well, I'm out of time, but I'm not out of the message, so y'all come back Wednesday night, I'll, I'll preach this next one.
because I'm going to get into the gifts of healings. The gifts of healing. Just, just as a preview, can we all heal? Yes. Say it like an army. Yes. yes. Why? Based on Mark 16, verse 18. One of the things the Bible said, it said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You go down, down to verse 18. It says, in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So every one of us who is a believer have the ability every day to walk around by prayer, by faith, and minister healing to people. But just like this faith is not ordinary faith, this gifts of healing is not that ordinary healing. There's a, there's a special endowment that God will place on a man or a woman or even a church where healings become just manifest all the time. And I'm praying, Lord, I want that in this whole church. I know that God manifests that in my life. It's interesting, it, it, that manif it manifests more when I'm away from here than, than, it is, than it does here. I don't know why that is. It's like, almost like people are so used to me, there's no expectation. But when I go somewhere else, people are like, okay, bring it. And the gifts of healing for this flow just operate all the time. I see it just, I mean, just crazy. All kind of healings that take place. And it, it shouldn't be that way. Okay? Um, let me just say this last thing here. Just a reminder, okay? These gifts are meant to profit everybody. Every one of us can believe God for these manifestations, okay? The Bible says that we should, give me 1 Corinthians 12, that same chapter we, we started with, verse 31. Verse 31. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Got it? Chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1. Glory to God. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So I just want to say to you that you need to desire this. Desire it. Now, the key to get that desire is us building something or really grabbing a hold of something called compassion. Because once you move with compassion, in other words, you, you care about other people. When you get to the point where you care about other people more than you care about yourself, these gifts will begin to come on you and manifest all the time. Most of, the problem most of the body of Christ is the only thing we think about is me. Just think about me. Just all I care about really is me. I come to church, get a word for me. I go to, go to work for me. I go to school for me. Everything about my life is about, all about me. My vacation time is all about me. Everything I do is just about me, 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 me. But the moment you get past me and you get to the point where you are caring about others, then the, the reason why Jesus Christ walked in all nine gifts, yes, all nine gifts, was because he was so compassionate. The Bible said he's, he'd be moved with compassion. To the point, I'll, I'll teach you this on Wednesday night. You'll see many times it says, and he healed them all. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because he's moved with compassion. 
May you just begin to swell up and well up with compassion in your life where you begin to see others and yearn to be a blessing, yearn to minister to other people, yearn to help other people around you in your life and your life is never again just about you because once it's past you, God can begin to move in your life and I, I can tell you this part, this is good news too because if you get concerned about other people, God will make sure he takes good care of you. You got it? Come on, stand on your feet and give God a great praise if you receive that word today. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a real praise today hallelujah for the word of God hallelujah 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 thank you Lord we desire spiritual gifts we earnestly desire spiritual gifts we covet spiritual gifts we are zealous for spiritual gifts it goes further there and says since you're zealous for spiritual gifts make sure it's to the point that it is edifying. So we should be zealous for these spiritual gifts, but to the point or so that it's to edify or build up other people, not to build up my own agenda, my little, my little you know, people know who I am now. Look at people, look what I got. No, it's not that. It's for, so that I can bless. How many of y'all, I mean, you see people who walk around in their life and they need to be healed or they, they're, they're depressed, they need a word of knowledge, they need, they need something, they need an answer in their life. Well, that's why God brings us here on Sunday and Wednesday, equips us, so we go back out there on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in the world, we're not sent out there just to go to work, you're not sent to school just to go to school, you are sent out of here, out of the embassy, as an ambassador into the earth. To go minister there's grace and these gifts. Praise God. Come on. You want that microphone, please, Pastor? Thank you, Lord. Make sure this microphone is on up here, this handheld mic, please. Hallelujah. The Lord says, now is the time of the drawing of the nations. He says, because of this time, this time, this time right now that we're currently walking in, the drawing of the nation has to happen. He says, because of this, I am going to make your boast louder. He says, a lion is able to roar because it knows that he's the baddest thing in town. He says, but I'm going to make you all so great as a people in this city. He says, when you roar, the nations will come because they will see the manifestation of my goodness in your life. He says, but it's not for you to hoard, but for you to open up your hand and freely give. He says, because the famine is on the way, he says, as a matter of fact, it is present. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is present, he says. He says, and they won't know how to get it. He said, they won't know how to dig for the water. He said, but you know living water. You know me. And he says, and I will use you all to send my wealth, to send my word, to send my healing, to send my prosperity so that this nation will not starve. He says, because the other nations outside of these borders are waiting for the U.S. to fail. Right. They're waiting, they're watching, they're expecting. He says, and they will not help. They will not, they will turn their back. They will laugh. They will, either, they will even pray for the failure of this nation. He says, but I will rise up this people. 
call exceeding grace my epicenter it will begin here and it will radiate out through the nation it will radiate out through this place through each one of you who are willing who are willing to be used by me who will get themselves out of the way and say Lord I'm available for your use he says but you have to be willing to become selfless selfless as I was knowing that I was the son of God knowing that I could do anything to stop everything and change the earth but I knew if I did it only I would be in heaven right now you would not be seated in me right now in heavenly places he said so I had to become selfless so that you will be able to be there the same way with you you will have to become selfless so that they will be able to come in and be where you're at and have the blessing that you have have the authority that you have have the prosperity that you have you have to be selfless I'm not telling you about the nine gifts just by happenstance I'm telling you because I'm opening up my arsenal I'm opening up my arsenal for you all to walk in them. <laughs> the difference from the Old Testament is they had to wait for it to come upon them. The change now is you're inside of Jesus and I am available at any given time, at any given hour, at any given place. But it's only to those who are selfless. Only to those who will give me the glory. Only who, through, through those who are willing to change everything for nothing you'll have something but that should not be your agenda I want to do it will you let me hallelujah praise your Lord come on receive that today come on receive that today thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord one of the other places that you'll, there are many places you'll see this courageous faith. One example is when Elijah, a famine came, a drought came, and God told him to go to the brook Cherith, and I'm going to take care of you there, and I'm going to send ravens to bring you bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. That's not normal. And so he stood and God fed him. But then the brook dried up. But he still stood. Courageous faith is now kicking in here. And God said, now go to Zarephath. I've commanded a woman to sustain you there. And when he went to Zarephath, this woman, this woman had nothing. She's going to eat what she has and she and her son, they're going to eat it and die. And he says, no, that's not going to happen. He said, the Lord, surely the Lord lives. God's going to take care of you. He spoke and God backed his word. He spoke. You hear this? And God backed his word. This is his faith speaking. And God backed his word. And when he did, not only was he taken care of, but the Bible says the woman and her household ate for many days. My point to you, when that word just came out about a famine that's coming, that famine is already here. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a famine that's hitting this planet. It's affecting the U.S. Right now, things are being propped up by debt. It's being propped up by this 
legislation, this just trying to make, this kind of, kind of shifting things around, just trying to prop it up, but it's, it's really falling apart and they know it. But the people of God are carrying within us every answer, the power. And when these gifts are operating, you and I will be able to stand and not only will we be fed, but because of our faith, because of our actions, others around us will be fed, will be taken care of in the midst of drought and famine. When, when, when epidemics happen throughout our nation in terms of uh, sicknesses and diseases, pestilences that hit the land, you and I can walk in that gifts of healings and we can minister. The hospitals will be overrun. They don't know what to do. They, they, they talk about how they, they keep running out of flu vaccine. They run out of stuff. Well, God never runs out of power. The supply of his spirit. So that's why God wants us walking in this, in these gifts. I didn't, I didn't, didn't plan on teaching on the spiritual gifts. It's just God said, now teach this. So if he sends it, it's for us to get. It's for now. God has a great plan to use you in this earth. Amen. Father God, thank you today for the word we've received. Thank you for each person who's come and heard and listened. I pray that we have not just heard and listened, but we have received the word and taken it to ourselves so that it can produce in our lives supernatural results. God, we've, we declare today that we will spend more time praying in tongues, spend more time, Father, learning uh, uh, how, to, how to flow in the Spirit, God, how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you that, God, you are able to teach us and train us every day, Lord, on how to flow in these spiritual gifts. And God, thank you that, God, that you'll help develop us and help grow us, God, and we'll become sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your Spirit, sensitive to your leading, oh God, so that God will be uh, ready, on, on task at all times, ready to operate, God. Whenever there's a need out there, God, we won't have to question, we will have no fear and no doubt and no unbelief God will know how to move and operate when you say move we'll get rid of all hesitation oh God so that there'll never be an interruption in the flow of the spirit in us and through us God I pray these person today in this place that those who are not born again that they'll come to know you today those who are not filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues that they'll do that today oh God and I pray in Jesus name that Lord you will raise up this exceeding great army to go forth in this world doing what you've called us to do as your soldiers and as your ambassadors in the earth. Thank you for your grace upon our lives, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. and amen. Listen, if you're in this room, you're not born again, I want to pray for you real quick. The hour is late, but there's nothing more important than making sure people are born again. If you're in this room and you're not 